Get ready for adventures on the high seas of Galarian. This is the Called Shot Podcast. <laughs> Hey, Call Shot crew, this is Davery. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode really earns its explicit tag. There are several scenes of violence, including some that reference child abuse. If that's the sort of thing you want to skip, feel free to jump ahead past episodes 43 and 44 and pick back up with episode 45. Any plot points that you'll miss from these two episodes will be addressed in future episodes. And here's episode 44, Dinner at Rickety's. And so this week, let's just dive right back into the action. Last week, we left your evil, terrible, no good, very bad characters in a giant predicament. Captain Merrill Pegsworthy has burst out of a building and is charging towards Warspite. And just to remind our audience, since these are not our normal characters, who are each of you playing this week? This is Davery. I'm playing San Maris of House Labeda. This is Matt. I am playing Father Perry. This is Chad. I am playing Warspite. And this is Adam playing Lou Dayu. And so Captain Merrill Pegsworthy bursting out of the building, slamming his greatsword down directly on to Warspite, demanding you leave the port, and he demands revenge for the death of his men. <laughs> will a 30 hit? Yes, a 30 will hit. Alrighty, and then he will roll his damage. Five plus four is nine. Twenty-eight points of damage to Warspite, and that is the end of his turn. Lu Dayu, it is your turn. Bodies litter the field. Citizens screaming in the background. A giant of a captain, free captain of the shackles, attacking your compatriots. Okay, so uh, Lou Dayu is going to move 30 feet forward and then 30 feet to the left to be 10 feet directly behind um, the captain. And I am actually going to spend a hero point to, if you'll allow me to, to do another action. Standard action allowed with a hero point is allowed. You guys do have two hero points each. Two anti-hero points. Yes. Anti-hero points. So what you doing, Adam? Alright, so I am going to use uh, the mirror image spell or the uh, shadow duplicates and I get a total of four shadows. Four shadows of Ludayu swimming around in that five foot square. San Maris. I am going to click my heels together in order to activate my daredevil boots Okay. to give me a bonus to and my acrobatics checks to try and move through his threatened squares. Alrighty. Oof. 26 against his CMD. That will not be enough. You dive, duck, dodge. Hmm. But he still is able to swing his sword at you. Alright, well in that case, I am also going to blow an anti-hero point, and I'm going to try and roll again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> roll high. Oh. Oh, that's a... 29. Oh, so close, but not really. <laughs> All right, so you try to duck, dodge, and dive away from Captain Merrill Pegsworthy and his giant greatsword, but he sees you doing this little deft action, and he is going to make a quick stab at you to try and maybe knock that cloak off. I'm going to say that probably hits. What'd he get? 
37. Yeah, that's going to do it. All right. And this is going to hurt quite badly. Hopefully, anyway. Six. 25 points of damage, and you will take another five points of electricity damage. Wow. Okay. That's 30 points of damage. That's a lot of damage. But that was my move action. Mm -hmm. Swift action. I'm going to issue my dragon's challenge against him. Ooh, what does that do for you with the challenge? For me personally, yes. I get plus my level in damage whenever I hit him. Wow. For all of my teammates, they get a plus two to hit him. Hit or damage? Hit. Okay. Then, for my standard action, I am going to activate my tactician ability and give all of my teammates precise strike. Which means if we are flanking, like we all are because I just moved... Mm -hmm. Everyone does an additional plus 1d6 damage. And it only applies to people who are flanking him? Correct. So ranged attacks would not count. They will not. Is that correct? No. Yeah. Okay. But anyone doing hand-to-hand -hand damage with him will. Wow, that is a lot of stuff from the Cavalier. Anything else? That's a swift, that's a move, and that's a standard. So that's everything for me. Nice. All right, War Spite. Do your worst. All right. Well, the first thing Warspite's going to do, he's going to do a full attack action. He's going to replace his first attack with a disarm attempt. All right. And he's going to attempt to swat the greatsword out of Pegsworthy's hand, and I'm going to drop a hero point on it. Eight to the roll. Nice. Rolling some anti-hero points. Anti -hero Couldn't get you point. to burn any on the little guys, but sure enough, they're coming out now. All right. Come on. This is versus his CMD. Oh. Oh. What was the roll? I hear some oh. bad stuff. You. That was a one. Oh. Oh, <laughs> under normal circumstances, Chad might have thrown his dice, but the giant five-pound metal dice might have gone through <laughs> Wes's wall. <laughs> yeah. so thank you for refraining, Chad. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, would you like to burn another one or re-roll? Yep. Oh. That's a little bit better. That's a 39. 39 is just oh right plus uh, additional two from Sinmaris. Sinmaris. <laughs> so forty one forty one. What if I told you that wasn't enough? Uh, that metal dice that he was talking about being flung it might get flung. Uh, well, I would be lying. Uh, that's <laughs> just enough. But yeah, so disarm attack. That means he drops his sword on the ground right there. Correct. Yeah, unless you want to go for dramatic effect. I was hoping to smack it into the building. Oh, I know you were. <laughs> and that's only my first attack. Oh, lovely. Alrighty. Uh, continue on. And after he essentially just takes his left hand and just smacks the sword out of uh, Pegsworthy's hand and then just lunges at him with his claws. Alright, so give me the rest of your rolls. Yeah. Uh, let's see. First attack. I have to do math. Is a 36. That'll hit. The second attack is a 23. That will not. Uh, 28 points of damage. 28 points of damage. Alrighty. Is there anything else for your turn? Nope, that is it. Alright, Father Perry, what are you going to do? A feast awaits you in the lodge. A couple of citizens are flanking the doors. They have maybe some pitchforks with them. Maybe a hammer that they would use to work on the boat. Father Perry will take a five-foot step towards Merrill. You'd last for days. Cast Bestow Curse on Meryl. 
DC 17 will save. 17? Yes. Oh, this is going to hurt. 16. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that was so close. All right, so what happens? He has a minus six to his constitution. Minus six to con? Oh, yes. Wow. Ouch. Are you sure you read that right? Oh, yeah. I know it's negative six to an attribute. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> negative, de- negative six, six decrease to an ability score. Minimum of one. Uh, Matt has hit me with that when he has GM. <laughs> I know for a fact. How long does that last? Until he dies. It's permanent. Until he gets removed curse. What he means to say is about another 30 <laughs> seconds. About five rounds, maybe. Jesus, man, that hurts a lot. Okay, anything else? Yeah. <laughs> he just chuckles. <laughs> As the life force drains away from Captain Merrill Pegsworthy. Oh, he is in a bad, bad spot. Captain Merrill Pegsworthy takes the, shoulder, the case off of his shoulders. He flings it into the jungle over the uh, roof of the longhouse. He then clicks his heels together. He becomes just an absolute blur of movement, and he goes directly south towards the docks, and he will move 35 feet that direction. All right, so Captain Merrill Pegsworthy has moved away from all of you. He has dropped the case over on the other side where the jungle is. You have what you came for. There are people screaming inside, yelling at you to go away, go away. Uh, The two people that are dazzled outside of the door are uh, standing there trying to guard it, but they don't seem to know. They're not even holding real battle weapons. Lou, Dayu, your turn. So Lou saw the captain run away, and she kind of looks around at the situation. She sees the people screaming. She sees the captain. He's run off. He's thrown the... He's thrown the item we're after way out of our reach, I'm assuming. Uh, so now, not only are we going to have to kill him, but we're going to have to find this fucking thing, right? So she just looks around uh, before she does anything and says, Captain, it was such a bad decision to make us work for what we came for. Now, not only do I have to kill you, but I have to find this object as well. And she continues to look around at all the other people. Let it be known that if you die today, it is because Rickety and this captain have made bad decisions on your behalf. And she will take uh, a movement action towards the captain. Gets up close enough just to be able to throw one of her shuriken. Uh, Natural 20. Nice. All right. We're going to roll to confirm. I'm going to use a hero point to confirm this, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Nice. So that's plus eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Use it before the roll. Fucking hell. Natural Uh, one. Three. Okay, well, what's the total? Uh... 25 total. That will not be enough to confirm. So just roll your natural damage. Oh, let's do my 1d2. Terribly sorry. Not sorry at all, actually. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, five points of damage. Five not including points. the dexterity bo- uh, the dexterity poison. Oh, now he has to roll a fort save. With yes. a minus six constitution. Damn. That's yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That'll work. That's plenty. Whew, thank goodness. Con damage and dex damage? Come on, man. All right, Lou, anything else? No. <laughs> it's so sad. Deflated. It makes me sad to see you so sad. All right, San Morris, what are you doing? All right. Well, uh, San Morris, because he has activated the banner, doesn't get a bonus to find scrolls. He gets a bonus to charge. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to charge this man. All righty. 
he's made me angry. So in addition to all the normal damage output, I'm also going to blow a panache point so that I double my precision damage. <laughs> he did. I remember doing things like this. So that is... That's a 19. 19 will not hit. I am 100% going to blow my last anti-hero point to re-roll that. All right. 30. Oh, a 30 will hit. That was the exact number you needed. An excellent use of anti-hero points. Nice. All right. What is your damage? 38 points of damage. (laughs) Uh, He is still up, but he hurts. Anything else from you, Samaras? I've done a charge. That's all I can do. All right. Wars fight. Although, I will say before we do that... (laughs) You gain panache points for doing bold and heroic actions. I'd say, yes, I say charging into this man after he has knocked me down half my hit points (laughs) to show my my compatriots how it's done. All right, there's three other people, and one says no, the other one kind of looks a little iffy. As someone that uses panache points previously, I'm going to go with Tabor. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Especially uh, since I can't get my damn key points back. That's, <laughs> that's going to be two, two on the swing vote. Sorry. All right, All right. Spite, it's your turn. Yeah, Warspite is just going to turn and just lunge at Pegsworthy. His mm. claws extended. Great. That was a grand total of 18. That will miss. You're getting luckier than you All have right. any right to. I you know. are correct. Tonight's my night. Father, what you going to do? Father Perry will turn back and walk to the two flanking guardsmen outside the door. <laughs> I love a buffet. And he channels negative energy. Does selective channeling to get my three guys out of it. So in a 30-foot radius, he does 46 points of negative energy damage to everybody. And they have to make a will save or be shaken for four rounds. Holy crap, roll your damage. And that does oh, get Pegsworthy also. They also get a saving throw uh, for half damage, I mean. But saying that, as soon as one burst goes <laughs> off, we'll take another standard action and do a second burst. Two bursts. Two bursts. Thanks to a hero point being spent. Man. Yeah. He just wants to cook his food. Oh, <laughs> oh man. The anti-hero points are flowing like blood. So the first, 7, 10, 13. The second, 6. 30 points total to 30 everybody in the 30-foot radius. Everybody within range inside of the building. You see their life force just being drained from them. They become emaciated, terrible-looking versions of themselves. They all just, like, pitch forward. The two guys left and right at the door, as they reach out to try and stab you, it just bounces harmlessly off your thick, disgusting hide, and they just <laughs> fall at your feet, left and right. And was Merrill Pegsworthy in range? Yes, he was. He gets a will save for half, correct? He gets, uh, he gets a saving throw for the damage. It is will save. Uh, DC is... DC 17. So Pegsworthy will try to make a will save and pass with flying colors for half. Twice. Oh, that's right. So one. First one was 13. He rolled the same number two times okay. in a row. So he takes 15. 
He needs to make two will saves again at DC 17 or be shaken for four rounds. It won't matter. As he tries to shrug everything off, you see him reach into his pocket. He pulls out another potion to try and drink it. But as he does, the negative energy waves just flood over him and he falls to his knees. And you see the golden epaulets on his shoulders. They kind of glow for a second. And then he just falls over, face first, into the mud. Delicious. (laughs) Anything else from you, Father? That's it. Captain Merrill Pigsworthy has fallen. Lou, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, Since Lou sees the captain fall, and she heard the father making his normal hungry grumbles, she believes that more than likely everyone else is dead around her. So she's going to turn around and book it towards the forest and see if she can't... um, Can she use maybe like survival or maybe... I'm trying to think of some sort of knowledge I can make to see if I knew the general direction in which to search. Oh, you saw him toss it, so... So I kind of know... You know about where it is. You just saw it arc up and over the house. It probably fell directly on the other side as far as you could tell. Gotcha. Okay, in that case, I'm going to turn around. I'll use my full action as a double move and just book yeah. it that way. All right, so you get basically just behind the house, but you don't really have time to actually do a search yet, correct? Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, I guess if I ran, because it is a straight line, I would probably have time to search. Probably not, because a run is full round action. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. So, And uh, keep in mind, all uh, of my double images are still around. Okay, Lou, you are able to make your way just behind the house. You kind of look around for a little bit, but you don't spot the scroll right away. All right, San Maris, what are you going to do? San Maris is going to reach into his bandolier and grab a potion of Cure Moderate Wounds and drink that. All righty. And so you're doing some healing. Warspite, it is your turn. Uh, Warspite is, at this point, since uh, seems to have passed, he's going to let his rage abate and shrink back down. Okay. Um, and then he is actually also going to start to pull a potion of cure moderate wounds. Alrighty. And Father? Father Perry will continue into the longhouse and as he walks through the door kind of slowly slams the door behind him shut. And that's it. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) My imagination can take over from there. I'm laughing because I'm nervous. Wes is never letting us play evil characters (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. We're now going to be out of combat. What do you do? Sinmaris is going to go to where Dayu was to try and help find the scroll. All right, so you're looking... uh, Warspite? Warspite, the first thing Warspite is actually going to do is he's going to pull the greatsword off of his back that he's not willing to use. He's actually going to behead Pegsworthy's corpse. Give me a will save. Ah, that should be interesting. It's not my finest attribute. It's not my finest roll. That's a 12. 12 is enough. So you take the head of Captain Merrill Pegsworthy. What do you do with it? For the moment, he's just going to take it with him. Uh, just want to make sure he doesn't get back up. And then uh, he's actually going to turn and uh, follow his companions in the search for the scroll, since that is why they're here. All right, so you move to the back. So, Lou, you are looking for the scroll. I am, and while I'm doing that, uh, I'm not sure how this works rules-wise, but I'm going to be drinking a potion. That's fine. So you reach in, you grab a potion, you drink it. You actually spot the scroll pretty quickly. Oh, 
awesome. When you're looking around out there, it's not hidden. It's uh, the grass is a little short here. It's on the ground. Uh, as Samaris, as you round the corner, you see Lou drinking a potion. You also spot the scroll on the ground, the case on the ground. I assume you go over and pick it up. Yes. What do you do with it? I want to open it and make sure there's something inside. Okay. So you unscrew the top. You go to shake out the scroll, and it's empty. We're not done here. Clearly not. Sen Mars is going to walk around the side of the building and shout to Warspite. Uther, we're not done. The case is empty. Yes, Uther. Our fun is just beginning. Let us search the fallen first. And Uther, er, Warspite will turn and actually begin to, to rifle the body. So you go through Captain Merrill Pegsworthy's stuff. You go through the four other sailors that are on the ground. And while this is happening in the longhouse, uh, Father Perry does have all of his minions, his zombies. Mm -hmm. One of the things he likes to do is have them search for shinies. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of rifling, looking for things as well. San Mars is not going to go in there. Because, oh, no. (laughs) There's things that's not meant to know. But he's going to shout at the doorway, Father, look to see if the scroll is in there. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And so you begin searching all the bodies. You find all of the stuff that is on Captain uh, Merrill Pegsworthy's body. You start to go through some of the other buildings. The building Pegsworthy came out of, you see shattered glass all over the ground from just multiple potions that he drank. You go through building after building after building. And in the, once you finally finish all of the buildings outside, you have found nothing at this point. And about that time, uh, Father Perry will come out of the longhouse, and his eight zombies are carrying whoever was the biggest, fattest person in that building with them, like on their shoulders. It was probably Blackboard from all of the work that he did on the inside. He didn't get out much. He's a pudgy guy. All right, that's the guy. And uh, the audience recognizes his dead corpse in the arms of your children. (laughs) And then... uh, then you notice a smell and you start to see smoke coming out of the windows at the top floor. It was probably Rickety's uh, office. Oh, in the longhouse? Yes. Uh, you, y'all, you guys go. I'll never make it in time. <laughs> uh, well, Warspite being probably the fastest will turn and Sprint into the longhouse and up the stairs. And up the stairs, you round the corner, and then you can see flame licking out the bottom of one of the doors. You reach over, the handle's still hot, but you reach back, you kick it open. Flames just erupt inside. It is a huge blaze. You hear a door slam off to your left. Warspite will bellow. Someone lives up here. Stop them. Uh, and the room is completely engulfed. It is at this point. It is just an, almost an inferno on the inside. In that case, since there's probably nothing to be gained by going in there, he's going to head in the direction that he heard the door slam. If there's other doors, any, if there are multiple doors, he's just going to kick them open as he goes. Is that something we heard him yelling? I think so, yeah. Okay. So, describe the building because it's been so long. I don't. Davery doesn't remember where was where was the fire. What's on there is it a full building is the smaller is there only a small place he could have been what's what what's the layout 
So the building is mostly open on the ground floor. Upstairs is several different rooms. That's where the original crew stayed. Was It's almost like a hotel with individual rooms upstairs. Uh, the Inferno that uh, Warspite found is actually Rickety's office. Where is Rickety's office in relation to the building? On the front. And they ran to the left, so they've got the entire building they could have run down. Yes. So is everybody still outside at this point? That's what I Except was going to do. Except for a worse fight. That's what I was going to do. Yes. San Morris is going to turn to uh, Deyu and say, run up the stairs. Help Warspite. I'm going around the outside. And <clears> he <throat> will run full speed out around the outside. About the time that you kind of get around to the front of the building, you hear a window open. You see a woman with long brown hair. She's got leathers on. And she is attempting to jump down from that window. It's about 10, maybe 15 feet up. Uh, she sees you, and she begins to climb back in. Coming around the corner, boom! The door's kicked open. There's Warspite directly in front of her. She is caught between a rock and a Sin Morris place. And she is trying to make a decision. She begins to attempt to climb to the roof, and she has just enough to make it to the top. For my move action, I'm going to draw a potion. I'm going to, for my standard action, I'm going to drink my potion of fly. And you fly up. You dash after her. What do you do when you get close? Because she's just trying to run across the uh, rooftop, but she's not quite agile enough to make her way across. Don't run, woman. I have questions for you. And she starts to just, like, she stops, and she just goes, I don't want to answer them. But she is stopped. Okay, so he's going to land on the the rooftop and just walk slowly towards her. What did you burn? Where are the scroll's contents? You'll never find it. You'll never find that scroll. You'll want to answer me, or I'll let Perry eat you. It's burned. I've burned them all. I'm going to make a sense motive. I don't know that I believe that. 26. She's probably telling the truth. You think she has burned everything inside of his office that was important. All of the records of all of the ships that he has ever squibbed, anything that might have tracked down the man's promise or any notes on any ship are gone. Sam Morris, I can talk to her alive or dead. That's an excellent point. I'm going to run her through. And you do. She dies on the spit of your blade. And we're going to fly back down. Bring her back to the ground. You round up your compatriots. You're surrounding this woman. The inferno catches in the rest of this entire place, turning the downstairs into a barbecue of human flesh. I'm assuming you're going to move towards the docks where the water and a little farther away. The roof begins to cave in on the longhouse. As we're walking towards the river, San Mars is going to turn to Deu. Deu. Rickety's still alive. Why don't you see if he'll tell us if the scroll's contents have survived? Absolutely. We left him at the docks, right? We did. Oh, I cannot wait for this. You turn around. You begin to make your way for the dock. It's only been at this point maybe a full minute since you ruined his leg. But you see him several hundred feet offshore in a small, single-masted ship just struggling to make it sail and it's going left 
and then right. It can't stay straight. You just can't keep it going the way he wants, but he is offshore. About how far away is he? Let's see. A boat move About how far away is he? Let's call it 150 feet. Okay, so at a full run, if I'm running at 30 feet, if my speed is 30 feet, full run, that would be... 120. 120. You said he's 100 and... 150 feet away. 150 feet. Uh, so, day you will look at um, Sin Maris. Sin, I think you will enjoy this. Watch closely. And she'll just dash as fast as she can. And as she hits the shore... Or is it a dock? It's a dock over the water. As she hits the dock, she just continues running. And she never once sinks. She's just running on water. Almost as like she's never actually on the water <laughs> itself. And like she, a ninja. Absolutely. And I'm assuming at this point, Rickety's face is just an absolute horror. It is. It's also pale as the blood drains. He's uh, struggling to stay awake and upright. You see him leaning over the gun while going, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. So how far can you make it? Uh, I, With a 30-foot speed, or 30-feet speed, if he's 150 feet away, I believe I can get about 20 feet away. Okay. If you'll allow me to, if I had an anti-P hero point, I would use it. If you'll allow me to, maybe uh, at the end of that dash, I jump into the boat. Here's the thing. I read up on your uh, ability. In order to use it, you have to land on solid point at the end of your run. Like, it's, you can't just... You can't just run forever, right? No. But that's the reason I'm thinking, if I'm 20 feet away, and I'm running pretty fast, and I dash forward at the end... I mean, I'm, I can't jump, right? Because I would fall straight through. But if I'm running and fall forward really fast, about how far can I fall, right? Like, <laughs> can I fall 20 feet? <laughs> I feel like that is some, some wooshia oh, stuff. Man, like, that yeah. is some crouching exactly Very thinking, sound yeah. argument. There yeah. are times... Oh, okay. Well, In a GM's on. career, when you have to just throw rules to the wind. I feel like this is one of those times. Uh, I feel it? like it is, too. Oh, this is where we're beautiful people. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Dayu, trip, trip, tripping across the top of the water like a fucking water lizard. <laughs> like a ninja in the best ninja movie you can think of. Staying on top of the water, 120 feet is the farthest you can go. Absolutely. The rules say... You have to land on solid spot when you end your run. I feel like we're breaking every rule in the book here. But give me an acrobatics check. Okay, so you want to know something even more beautiful about the ninja? I have something called key jump. As long as she has at least one point Mm -hmm. in her key pool, she treats any acrobatic skill check made to jump as if she had a running start. And that's exactly what we're doing. So I got to pick the d20 that rolls the highest. (laughs) <laughs> you want to borrow one or Not what? That one. Uh, none of the one I've ever touched in my entire life. <laughs> Super believe in you, D20. Yeah. <laughs> 16 on the die plus my acrobatics check. That is going to be a 25. 25. I don't know what the DC is. I'm assuming you were making it up in your head, but I am. It, because of my key jump, it should be easier, I guess. You make it to the end of your run. You think, ah, I fucked up. Here it goes into the water. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of falling in, you feel the urge to jump. You press off the back. I don't know what it was. Maybe a fish swam by at the last second. Maybe it was a sea turtle right in the way. Whatever it was, you find the strength 
to just jump forward. And you grab a rope trailing 10 feet off the back of Rickety's boat. He wasn't quite able to pull in all of his ropes that were keeping him moored at the dock. You were 10 feet away on a rope. Awesome. What's your climb check? Just your skill number. Plus seven. Plus seven. All right, you're going to have to give me a climb check to see if you can climb this rope. Don't fail me now. 19, so 26. And so finally, after he just makes this, she, after she makes this diving reach, grabs onto the rope, then clambers up the side. You are on the boat with Rickety. Uh, she immediately pulls out a potion of cure serious wounds and shoves it in his mouth. Okay. It uh, stops the bleeding. It helps keep him alive. The color returns to his face, and he just shakes it all off and goes, Why? Why did you save me? To be completely honest, it's relatively selfish. I could have probably just asked you for the information, and you may have given it to me, but I would much rather dig it out of you. And he just weeps there in the boat as he watches the longhouse that he uh, had spent the last 10 years building. His business ruined. The Chelish Navy ship in the dry dock probably gone as the uh, flames begin to lick over to the other buildings. He assists you in bringing the ship all the way back to shore. You help him climb down. You see the rest of your group there waiting for you. And as we're climbing out of the ship, um, I imagine she's kind of helping him. Not in, like, a nice way, but she knows she's about to get what she wants. And she says, Mr. Rickety, it is somewhat ironic to me that at the beginning of our adventure together, you denied a captain your services. It looks like all captains will now be denied your services. This all could have been handled much, much better if you had just cooperated to begin with. I hope the gold piece that Mr. Sinmaris gave you earlier is adequate for the uh, trouble we've caused here. You will never get away with this. Someday, sometime, somewhere, karma will find you, and you will all meet your end. Ah, but Rickety, as you mentioned when we first met, the Iron Swarm was never here. And he looks at the banner in the middle. They'll know. Everyone will know what happened here. Rickety, I'll give you one last opportunity to work with us here. You've seen what not working with us does. Maybe you've had a change of mind. Where is the scroll? He just looks up at the longhouse. It was in my office. Sense motive. Sure. Yeah. Thirteen. Nineteen. Eighteen. As far as any of you can tell, he is telling the truth. It was in his office... And whoever that woman was set it all on fire. Sanmaris will hold her up and say, Who is she? Why would she have burned everything? And tears streaming down his eyes. We tried to keep it a secret for a long time. She was my daughter. She would have done exactly what I asked. And with that blaze happening behind you, what you have come here to seek is gone forever. The dead are always more truthful than the living. Sure they are, but I have no reason to lie to you now. Take my life, kill me, do whatever you want. I don't think you understand, Mr. Rickety. I would prefer to keep you alive and well. Well, well for me. You will not end swiftly. You will not end gracefully. You will be in pain for much, much longer. It no longer matters. 
San Mars is going to lean over to Rickety, look him dead in the eyes, and make me believe the scroll is gone. Search the office yourself. Sift through the ashes. You'll find it there. Father Perry looks over at his eight zombies, points at one of them. Children. Destroy that one. The other seven set into it. Kill that one zombie. Looks over at his daughter. Touches her on the forehead. And raises her as his seventh, eighth zombie. Uh, give daddy a hug. <laughs> no. Please, no. Just let her rest peacefully. I've told you everything I know. And he just blubbers, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then he goes, it had on the scroll, it was a path through the eye, directed for its people who normally wouldn't be able to make it through. It was dangerous. It threatened the shackles. They destroyed it. It cannot stand to exist or the shackles would die. I definitely think that's probably another sense motive. I mean, do you think that's that's different enough that we can try and sense Sure, again? you want to sense motive? Go ahead. All right. Father uh, Perry is standing beside his daughter, licking her cheek. Is the father going to try and sense motive? Sure. All right, I will aid another instead of doing sure. my own, so that's plus three. Twenty-three. Okay. As far as you can tell, he is telling the truth. Is anybody carrying a dagger on their belt? Yes. I yes. am, yeah. Father Perry... Rickety dies for your dagger, trying to rip it off of your belt. <laughs> and, oh, wow, I rolled really well. He succeeds. He grabs it off and he stabs himself in the stomach. He doubles over and begins bleeding out. Father Perry will kind of, as he's still alive and bleeding out, gets down a little close to his face. Who said you could give up yet? Please, please, just let me die. Father Perry pulls a wand out of his belt. It's a, it's a wand of cure moderate wounds. Heals him. No, no. The knife pushes out, falls to the ground. He's feeling better already. Give me his other leg. <laughs> She'll take out one of her wakazashis and with one foul slice, just take it right off at the knee. Tosses it over to Father Perry. He'll no longer need it, Father, but perhaps this can quell your hunger. Mm, delicious. Warspite will uh, <clears throat> hold up his hand to Delu. Leave him alive. Deny him release. Let him. Let him tell those who follow that the man's promise shall never be given harbor. We will find them, and anyone who harbors them will be extinguished. Holy crap, guys. 
That is the worst I have ever felt ending a session. Normally, you're big bad heroes, you save the day, the princess is happy, you have saved the kingdom. Here, you have all ruined Rickety Hakes. You burning it to the ground, you've killed Rick. No, you haven't even killed Rickety. You're gonna torture him. Well, to be fair, Lou Dayu is kind of a princess and she's happy, so. Oh my God. At the end of the day, right? <laughs> All right. I mean... Let's scrub this episode completely from my memory so that I can be happy tomorrow. Rickety, <laughs> Rickety brought it to himself. Yeah. San Morris is Prince Charming, so. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so. You know, you kind of want to talk about your characters. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed everything you guys came up with uh, for your evil-oriented characters. Y'all came up with some really, really great stuff. I want to talk about not only the uh, mechanics of it, but the uh, background a little bit and your impetus for why you chose to do what you did. Uh, let's start with uh, Davery. You were playing San Morris of House Labeda? Labeda. Labeda. So tell us about him. So he is a, he's from Brevoy, and it's actually an opportunity for me to play something I've never played in Pathfinder, which is he has a prestige class. That's right, because usually prestige doesn't feel strong enough. I don't know about you, but I like to stay with just one path. Just, yeah, they feel stronger. Normally so, but he, uh, since he was, since he is a cavalier with the daring champion archetype, which replaces a lot of the cavalier abilities with uh, swashbuckler-like abilities, it actually kind of weakens their capstone ability because that's mostly focused around mount and things like right. that. So the it's charging. not really worth it to stick with 20 levels of that Cavalier class. Mm -hmm. So it makes perfect sense for him to leverage into that other dexterity-based class. I liked it. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I read after you told me what you were playing, I really enjoyed everything about the Cavalier with the Swordsman uh, abilities. Um, right. And personality-wise, I was just trying to make him... He's not as... I guess, malicious as the rest of the crew. He's just, he's, for his alignment, he's neutral evil. He's just completely self-absorbed and just focused on himself. So they like to run wild. That's fine. He doesn't really care. As long as he gets his mission accomplished, gets paid, gets what he wants out of the whole situation. Yeah, he kind of struck me as like the, uh, the fallen soldier that just doesn't, like, they've given up, right? Like, yeah. they, they don't care about anyone else but themselves at this point. And that's absolutely what I was going yeah. for, yes. He, he directs everyone. He has a job. He gets assigned. You know, he has his duty. He performs his duty. That's it. Yeah, and as, as long as everyone else falls in line, then it's no big deal. Right. Yeah, that, I, I thought you nailed it. Like, I, that's exactly what I got from that personality. So, yeah, kudos great. to you, dude. Agreed. Dirty. Dirty. All right, Adam. You were playing Lou Dayu. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, Lou Dayu is kind of fun for me. Um, I think you guys all know, and probably all the fans know, I normally play heavy hitters that are frontliners, tanks, you know, things that just just do massive amounts of damage. And uh, for this, I really wanted to kind of turn around and do something a little bit different. And so I played the exact opposite. You know, this vanishing creature that does <laughs> like 1d2, you know, points of damage every time they throw a shuriken. Right. Um, I did a lot of reading online, trying to figure out exactly how the ninja class works because it is nowhere near anything I've ever played. And I, I learned a lot. Um, I never really used a whole lot of swift actions. I didn't realize they didn't stack. So when I came in tonight, <laughs> I thought I was going to be throwing like 20 shuriken with all of them having sneak attack. And like, I was like, oh my God, why does everybody not play? a ninja you know so um, i was only doing 6d4 plus 24 plus 46 plus poison <laughs> instead of what i thought i was doing. right right yeah, yeah, yeah instead of the real damage yeah yeah well there's just something about you know rolling a bunch of dice and then i don't know but this it was a lot of fun i thought it was cool um as far as backstory goes you know she's just part of a ninja clan 
Uh, you know, I kind of like the idea of her father being like the master ninja in the clan, teaching everybody how to become these assassins, right? And uh, the idea to me was if your father is the teacher, you're probably going to want to be better than everyone else. And when you fail, in my mind, his her father would have just punished her. You know, it's, it's one of those really militaristic, like you don't do better than everyone else and you're going to suffer, which is why she makes everybody else suffer. Because in her mind, they just do penance. Like, I had to. Why shouldn't you? You know what I mean? Uh, so just really, truly evil, evil character. Almost like like hazing and like the military or fraternity. Exactly. And like just, just writ large. Just yeah. Like, yeah, I had to go through it, so so do you. But what she had to go through was so bad. Yeah, and it's, it's like she has no, like the things that she's doing to Rickety is just like, well, it's just Friday. <laughs> you know, like it's you know, it's just another day. Like yeah. that's this is just what she does, and and uh, you know, in her backstory that I sent to Wes, I wasn't sure how far into it we were going to get to explore, but you know, she spent years just torturing a right. druid. Um, you know, just trying to see how much information she yeah. could get out of him for fun. So to me, you know, it's just it's kind of fun playing something totally different than what I'm used to. Very cool. And Father Perry, we're going to skip you for a second. Um, I'm going to have to come back. To you. That was brutal. We're going to need a moment. You're gonna, yeah, maybe two. Uh, so Everyone's got to shower first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel greasy just I'm sitting here. Happy place. <laughs> so, uh, War Spite, you, um, Chad, you told me that you actually rolled randomly to figure out who you were going to play, right? A bit. I went, I kept going back and forth, back and forth on character concepts and I finally decided you know what I'm going to come up with something and I'm going to you know I'm going to randomly come up with something and then I'm going to just see if I can make it cool so I ended up making a list of the all the classes and using the expanded reincarnation table mm. and I ended up as an Azamar blood rager <laughs> yeah the Azamar aspect is what cracks me up because <laughs> uh, as Azamars are angelic, right? They're almost like naturally good type characters, right? Typically, they're of Race. celestial descent, yeah. yeah. Um, in his case, his, his actual name and the reason several of the characters keep calling him Uther, his, his name is actually Uther Hollowfell. Um, and he was a soldier in Last Wall, um, the nation that was formed to keep watch over the prison of the Whispering Tyrant. And as a soldier, he was a follower of Iomade. He had hoped to receive the call to paladinhood. You know, he's the descendant of an angel. This is his destiny. And then one day while on patrol, he starts getting nightmares. And he's racking headaches and migraines and hallucinations. His, uh, and he realizes his angelic ancestor has fallen. Has become a, uh, a fiend. And he does what any self-respecting person would do at that point. He went mad. And he has essentially become, he's not truly bloodthirsty. He believes that by killing people, he is freeing them from the suffering of this world and ushering them on to whatever their final reward is. So if they're good people now, he's just hustling it on to when they get to their final reward. So he absolutely doesn't care. He's not malicious, but life is, to him, sorrow. I love the idea of of the the entire reason he's fallen is because he's just got that blood connection still to his angelic ancestor. Yo. A lot of us here are big supernatural fans, and I always Absolutely. think of like when the angels were first introduced, and like uh, Castiel, the the seer, looks at tries to contact Castiel, and it just blows her eyes out. <laughs> and it's not even malicious; it's just she's just too close to the presence. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's just that that blood connection. It just 
drove him completely over the edge. Yeah. So I love the fact that yeah, he basically just he falls and he drags you with him. Yep. And probably there are others, other children around Galarian that have suffered the same fate. There's also, to me, uh, sort of a hint of real life in this. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is just like... <laughs> I'm not sure I feel about that. Well, <laughs> what I mean is, think about all these people that have these idols that they look up to, mm. and so they continue to like follow the way in their idols, and when their idols start to fall, they start to fall as well. And I don't know, I was just thinking yeah. of it, like when you were talking about your character earlier, that's kind of something I thought about. Like, this is something that happens in real life, and people don't realize it's happening. And so I imagine that slow descent into this just crazy madness over the years, mm-hmm. just being like what we see people in real life do all the time. You know, people change. It's oh, yeah. Not to get serious. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to continue on with this whole serious aspect, you three, your evil seems to come from the fact that you have a complete disregard for life. Like, you're going to kill people just because they're in your way. You're going to make the money off of them. It doesn't matter. Like, but, you know, this is the evil aspect. And then we have Father Perry. <laughs> yeah. And fuck Father Perry. <laughs> Be when careful, because he might let you do it. <laughs> when, when I have nightmares tonight, Matt, I am calling you to sing me a lullaby to put me to sleep. Are you sure you want that? Because we'll probably sing it as Father Perry. <laughs> oh, God, he probably I'll try my too. best. Uh, I, I originally made a different kind of cleric. Uh, I was going to make more of a warfare cleric. Then kind of saw what other people would do. And... and to be completely honest, the, the the backup cleric that I was making, or the cleric I was going to make, is a backup character that I've had in my mind for other things. So I didn't want to quite use that yet. So I decided to go with just another evil cleric, and I saw Ergothoa, and I just started looking at the words that describe her. And you've got like death, evil, blood, cannibalism, sin, vengeance, and gluttony. So instead of making, you know, most people when they make a character, they make this idealization of this perfect body and beautiful and lithe and all this stuff. This guy's a glutton. Like all his entire life is about consuming things, and it's also as a praise to his goddess. You know, eating things is a way of saying, you know, I praise you. This is what you want. So I tried to imagine, or I tried to cram in as many of the deadly sins as possible into his personality: gluttony, wrath. Fuck. I mean, just whatever, whatever nasty I could come up yeah. with. I Pride, to. sloth. So, yeah. yeah, sloth. And so I made him this just huge 500-pound short guy that just barely waddles, and he's just single-minded. All he's looking for is something to consume. And that doesn't always have to be eating something. Like at the very end of that second, uh, the second episode, he went in there, and he just wanted to consume souls. He didn't quite eat them all, but he wanted to consume them all. It's just... Completely hell bent on consuming everything, and you know, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, his, so bad. His, back, his backstory though is it's pretty simple. He's from Geb, uh, raised there. You know, he's evil. He was always an evil priest. He's an undead lord, um, but he was so so vile and depraved and despicable that even like the ghoul lords and vampire lords wanted him out of their country. So he was expelled. <laughs> he was he was. Excommunicate or uh, what's the word? Exiled. 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 Thank you. He was exiled out of Geb, and just met up with a nice, cool bunch of dudes to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, they all see the world the same way Father Perry does. I don't know about uh, that. No, no, no. <laughs> we we may not accept Father Perry, but we are willing to be on the same boat as him. <laughs> I would rather be with Father Perry than be against Father Perry. Right. On. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Wes, I actually have a question from you from okay. a player's standpoint. 
whenever you're GMing, you know, you're constantly having to keep up with your players and what they're going to do and all of the craziness that we put you through, right? <laughs> so you're kind of having to do a lot of improvisation. And I would imagine that at this point, you're very catered toward what good heroes are going to do. So you're able to <laughs> quick think about like, oh, okay, well, you're probably going to do this. How has that changed for you dealing with a bunch of evil characters? I, I can't imagine that the preparation is the same at all. Uh, you just... Throw babies in the way of Father Perry and see what happens. You know that's going to take him, like, that's going to distract him for a few rounds. <laughs> I like how you faded to black so I didn't have to describe exactly yeah. how nasty it was. He did and we very much appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Matt, um, Father Perry, an archetype, anything special, just a straight cleric with traits? He was the uh, Undead Lord archetype. That's where he got that big zombie and he was able to have. Quite a horde. Um, didn't really want to focus on them in this uh, in this uh, little one-off, but I wanted to have it be out there that he had this horde of zombies. He was eating them on a regular basis. He's got this undead cannibalism he can do. Um, he just sees them as tools. You know, he kills one to make another one. Those the one at the very end where he had the big fat when he had the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. He was going to replace his other main minion. With chalkboard because he'd eaten so much of the old minion, he was making another one. So it's just, just, just terrible, <laughs> awful, no good, very bad. But hopefully, uh, the audience gets to check out some new classes, some new archetypes, allow you guys to stretch your legs a little bit. Valley couldn't be here. This was a great way to uh, show show what's happening in Galarian besides just our normal good crew. Anything anybody wants to add before we go? Oh, and to our listeners. Sleep tight. <laughs> oh damn, man, that's awful. So, yeah, I do. Uh, I do actually want to say something else. So, yeah, I liked. I, I personally, as both a player and as somebody who listens to podcasts, I like the idea of having this this thing that's not the main group, like you you showing what's going on in your world. It makes it feel like your Galarian is decidedly different than other people's because you've got things going on it, with it that even the players aren't involved in. Yeah, it's kind of a neat, neat thing. Yeah. It, it makes the world much more alive. I think. Yeah, Agreed. thank you, thank you all for helping uh, flesh this little adventure out. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. And now we have a new enemy. You do, oh, even God. though you don't even know about it Ugh. yet. So we're tracking I, you down. So I, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to steal this from one of my favorite podcasters of all time. If you guys enjoyed these two episodes, tweet at us hashtag Iron Swarm Yes, and we'll do more episodes like this. And if you hated it. Let Adam know at Cold Shot Pod. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how bad it really was. A hashtag Iron Swarm. Yes. Absolutely. I Very need cool. a shower. <laughs> yeah, you and, you and me both. We all do now. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Coming through. Hey, hey, hey. This is Wes. Do we want to clear, Captain? Do we want to reset anything? I already did. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I look good. Davey looked good. Chad, um, I didn't hear you. Testing, anything. testing. You testing. look good. Matt, I heard you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, you look good too, Wes. Cool. Uh, uh, cool. Would you <laughs> double check for me that it says USB codec? Not. All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's microphone two, USB audio. Unfortunately, you're coming in clear. <laughs> <laughs> you greasy bastard. That's <laughs> yeah, got to be the most disgusting character I've ever played. <laughs> like, literally, I don't think I've ever played anything this vile. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Like I said, I've never played anything this evil. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I've like, definitely played evil, but yeah, Matt has definitely nailed disgusting and vile. Yeah. Does yeah. so anyone else smell toast, or am I having a stroke? <laughs> You're <getting> a stroke. <laughs> stroke. Smile for me. You're good. <laughs>
Yeah. Just all no. of a sudden, I, smell for me. I smelled burnt toast, and I was like, uh... Baby Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, something I think you need a Band-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is anything burning? Double check. It has the soundboard caught fire. Yeah. Like... Okay, we're good. If I get halfway through the episode and I'm mumbling, just someone tell me. I don't know. <laughs> someone call an ambulance. I'll say tell me, but it probably wouldn't make a difference. Damn, of a difference to me. At all. Adam, go drive yourself to the ER. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fine. This is slave labor, Wes. I'm telling you, man. This podcast. Wow, a whole minute and a half of stroke jokes. <laughs> We are classy people. <laughs> As demonstrated by Matt. Stroking <laughs> out right there. <laughs> I like chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to not put any of this on there. <laughs> yeah, it might be for the best. Oh, it's part of this. It's, it's like getting us in a just like nasty, evil, disgusting mood, That's though, right? right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's prepping. And, and no valley to keep us uh, yeah. straight and narrow. Remotely. We don't have the mom of the group. I was going to say, she really is like the mom of the group, right? <laughs> yeah. like, the mom goes away and the kids it's come out to play. nothing but fart jokes and burping on air. Yeah, what's so funny? Dude, she, that would be an She never says a word about it. It's just us withholding yeah, ourselves yeah, around exactly. her. You know? What was it? I think it was Stranger Things or something where... The, where like the the woman or maybe it and like the mom shows up is like maybe y'all should air out this room because <laughs> <laughs> some of the kids have been in the room for like a basement for two days. Yeah. I am playing San Maris of House Lebeda from Brevoy. Start off with this is Davery just to be safe. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Listeners, you heard it here. Everybody better know that was Davery. <laughs> You evil bastard. <laughs> I'm getting the <laughs> Well, this is Adam. <laughs> I'll do it. No, that's perfect. Hell, let's just go. It's right. done, man. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> uh, I'm playing Lou Deshu. No, I'm not. I'm playing... I don't even know anymore. I am playing Lou De... Let's we start... should probably start let's over. Let's start over with Davery. Oh. Uh, and remember, if you start smelling eggs, <laughs> let us know. Let me have some toast. That's delicious. And yeah. then if it's ham, we're just going to go upstairs <laughs> and eat. Sounds like okay. somebody's making breakfast. I need a sandwich. 